Hey everybody, welcome to the Horse Trader's Diary. I'm Tara Sanders and this is my podcast. So for those of you who are new here, I just want to make sure that you know that my podcast is not always kid-friendly. Um, I every, every once in a while we'll get an inbox message from someone that says, oh my gosh, I turned your podcast on and I was in my car and my kid heard the F word and I just wish that I knew and I'm like, how long have you followed me on Facebook? <laughs> like, I mean, oh. So, anyway, I, uh, I'm generally pretty R-rated. So, just know. This is like a mommy podcast. This is like a big boy podcast. This is probably not for your seven-year-old. They might go to school and tell their teacher that they heard some pretty, pretty raunchy things. So, just fair warning. Um, I, I feel like most people have followed me on social media long enough. I have about, I think that it said my estimated audience is 4,520 people. And with that estimated audience, some of my podcasts have had the one that I did last week. The first episode has 5,200 listens. The next one has, I think 4,700 listens. And then the next one is just out. So I know that there's going to be some Karens in that. My first season of podcasting, um, my biggest episode had 1,800 listens. So I don't know what has happened. I don't know what's... Maybe it's just getting cooler and people have a little bit more time on their hands. And we're, you know, we're inside more. We're not outside. We're not, you know, going to the lake. We're not as busy as we were. So anyway, I'm just shocked and I want you guys to know how grateful I am that my podcast is that size and that it seems to be growing. And, um, yeah, I'm just super, super excited. So thank you guys. But I'm going to take the time to answer some questions. Um, the very first question that I'm going to answer is from Jessica and Jessica said, Hi, Tara. I've bought two horses from you guys, and I know that you always recommended Animal Element Detox. I noticed in recent months you have been recommending other supplements. Can you explain to me why? Both horses are doing really good. I'm thinking of getting a third, just wanting to make sure I have my ducks in a row. Okay, Jessica. So, I fed Animal Element Detox for a very long time, and I actually really loved that product. It was a product that was about $30 to $35 a month, depending on what size container you purchased. So, it was really affordable. Um, let's see. It had Diatinaceous Earth, which is a natural dewormer, turmeric, um, spirulina. It had fenugreek. It just had a lot of great, like, natural... Um, herbal type supplement ingredients and it didn't have a lot of fillers. It also had MSM and HA and glucosamine in it. So it also had those things that are great for joints and great anti-inflammatory properties. My problem is, is that I loved Michelle French. Her and I have been friends for a long time and she is a diehard animal lover. She has raised dogs. She raises some racehorses. Um, she's raised barrel horses and she's a really wonderful person. And so she was a big advocate for saving horses, um, and doing what was best for the horses. And she was always giving my customers coupons and just helping to bring the price of the product down even a little bit more for my customers. And she was just a big 
fan of Horse Heroes. Like, she's the one that actually came up with that coupon code originally. Um, when she sold that company, um, she no longer formulates the product. Somebody else did, and they went to a new source for the ingredients, and the price changed, and I just feel like that product is not the same, and when the company changed, the new owner came to me and sent me some product and told me that they had done a little tweaking, uh, and I fed it to some horses, and I didn't feel like I saw good results, so my problem isn't that I don't feel like the original supplement was amazing or that anything happened there. I'm just not going to recommend a product to my customers that I feel like is not the same as it used to be. And that I feel like is maybe not um, just worth the money at this point. I feel, I mean, I haven't really found anything similar to it yet that I love. There are other products on the market that I love and that I use right now. But as far as like an actual detox that just really helps you to worm and, you know, get the inflammation out of the body so that the body can start to, you know, heal and repair itself. I haven't really found something I love as much as I loved the original Animal Element Detox. But without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, just from me to you guys, I don't feel like that product is what it used to be. And I'm not... I just feel like you spend your money for no reason. So if that ever changes, I will make sure that you know. I will be the first one to say like, hey, this is it. I love this product. I'm generally not one to talk about products that I don't like. I normally just mention products I love. And then if I don't like something, I just don't mention it at all. But for years, and I mean for since 2000 and maybe like nine no, even before then, probably 2007, um, I used Animal Element Detox. So when you use a product for going on 12 years and you stop, people want to know why. And it has nothing to do. The, the owner of the company is super nice, nice guy. Um, they have other products, but just that specific product to me has changed. I had an old bag and, a, and the new bag, and when I poured it out, it doesn't look the same, it doesn't smell the same, it doesn't, it's not the same. So, I would say that this changes um, over time have been subtle, so maybe a lot of people don't really notice, I'm not sure. I noticed that a lot of people that used to feed it don't anymore, and I think that you know, I just think that when somebody has done something and they formulated it and they were the one mixing it, they were sourcing their ingredients from one place and then they sell it and someone else is now sourcing the ingredients from another source and they're mixing it. It's just, you know, things are just different. It's like you can make your grandmama's biscuits, but your grandmama's biscuits still are not the same unless your grandmama's the one that makes them. And that's just kind of how I felt about that product. It's not that the ingredients have changed. The source of the ingredients has changed. Um, the amount of each ingredient has changed. I noticed that some of the things that used to be towards the beginning are now towards the end. So anyway, I just, it's not, it's a no for me. It's just a no. So um, now what I do love is, and you guys can inbox me if you want to order because I do, um, have 
free shipping, just so you guys know on this product. Um, I really love OE Align. It's Outlaw Equine Nutraceuticals. So it's oenutraceuticals.com. I absolutely love their product called Align. It has biotin. It's got um, just different ingredients that not only help with the stomach, but also help um, a horse to gain a little bit of weight and it's got a little bit of like mineral and amino acid in it. Overall, it's going to help, um, it's going to help with top line. So if you get a horse in that comes from the kill pen or comes from a bad situation, this product is going to help the weight that they gain go to the right areas. And it's also going to help them to utilize their nutrition that you're giving them to the fullest. So it's something different. It's something I do like. It is something I've seen a lot of results. Um, I've seen horses dapple out. I've, I've seen. I have some horses that looked absolutely stunning, and you would have thought there's no way they could look better. And two or three weeks on that product, they they developed some dapples and got even just tighter haired. You know, even just slicker to where they were like almost like glass. You know, you just couldn't believe how tight haired they were. So those are all just really good signs of health, and um, I love that. So I love OE Nutraceuticals Align. Um, I keep their product called The Solution on hand. It's a little bit expensive, not compared to other supplements that are similar, though. It's the most cost-effective. It's $150 for a 21-day treatment. So it's the most cost-effective ulcer treatment I've ever purchased I just know that a lot of people go, oh my gosh, it's only 21 days, but it's not something you, you put horses on. I keep OE, the solution on hand, and anything that I buy the first 30 days, I feed that product. I only feed it two times a day for 10 or 11 days, and then instead of the next 10 doses giving it twice a day, I just give it once a day. So I do, you know, twice a day for 11 days, and then once a day for... 20 days. So I make a 21 day treatment last 30 days. Um, I also start giving OE align the opposite feeding on day, like say that day 12, um, I'm now cutting back from twice a day to once a day. I add in the OE align and I keep my horses on a line year around, but I just do the OE, the solution. Um, like when I first buy them. So I treat them for ulcers that way. And it is a wonderful ulcer treatment. You guys would not believe the results. You just, I mean, I've got before and after pictures that are just shocking of horses that had gastric issues or horses that had just been through a couple of cell barns and through some really major stressful situations that just blossom. I mean, by day 12, they don't even look like the same horse. I also have some horses that uh, had some... I don't want to say they had vices. They just had some character flaws. <laughs> like some serious character flaws. And I felt like those character flaws were not just their personality. They were due to pain and discomfort. Um, you know, picking the back foot up when you go to saddle them. Uh, pinning their ears and trying to bite you when you put the saddle blanket on. Like just exhibiting signs of not wanting to be saddled. Exhibiting signs of not wanting... Um, to make tight turns, um, just anytime they picked up the, uh, a lope, like from a walk to a lope, they would swish their tail or 
kind of kick up in the back and otherwise they were pretty sound hit the ground sound you know flexed off sound but just did these little things that were signs of discomfort um horses that people had given up on you know that um had started to exhibit this bad behavior and they got kind of nervous so they took the horse to the cell barn I have fixed some of those horses and made them wonderful with that product so I just highly recommend ordering um Outlaw Equine Nutraceuticals so it's OE Outlaw Equine it's the initials OE Nutraceuticals and that product's called The Solution and I think that every single horse that's purchased from the kill pen should have 21 days of that or the 30 days like the I feed it you know 11 days of twice a day and then 20 days of once a day and the reason that I feel like that is because I think those horses are so discombobulated they have just been through cell barn after cell barn they've been traded on um they're just stressed their stomachs are a mess and I just feel like that's a product that we absolutely without a doubt should have on hand and that you guys should have on hand for as soon as your horse arrives. I just, I really, really feel so strongly about that product. I mean, it is like, I, I mean, I've, when I tell you guys that it's like the number one thing I feel like I've changed in my program that has really made life better for some horses, it's that product. And what it does is, it is not only a foregut treatment, it is also a hindgut treatment. So it actually goes into the foregut and into the hindgut and helps the body to neutralize the acid. It helps to um, neutralize the pH in their stomach and it helps to heal their stomach so that not only can <clears throat> the, like the, it not only does it symptom treat, meaning it's going to have almost instantaneous results like you'll see results as much as the next day because it's already symptom treating it's going to help those horses to actually heal I have several horses that we've scoped and they had ulcers and after a bucket of that product they did not have ulcers so I have scoped proof that it works so that's a huge thing for me I know you're not wasting your money um and then to keep them on OE Align. Another product that I really love, really, really love is CEP Gut Check. Um, I don't know a lot about that company. This product is a liquid. I keep a gallon of it. The gallon is $299. You can get a quart for $99, which is all you need. Under no circumstances do you need the gallon unless you just have as many horses as I do. <clears throat> but you can get the quart. It comes with a little dosing syringe that's 20 ml, 20 cc's. Um, I give my horses 20 cc's of that when we load them in the trailer to go anywhere just to help cope their stomach. And I give them 20 cc's when we get back. Um, anytime I have a horse that I've, you know, worked pretty hard that day, um, they've kind of broke a sweat. Maybe I've, they've had to do tasks that I didn't generally ask. When I unsaddle, I give it. You can feed it, top dress it, but I just keep it in my trailer. I just keep that dosing syringe. I love that product. I think it's a great product to help keep their stomach in, in good condition and to help maintain um, like a healthy gut. 
I don't know that it's necessary for everyone. I will tell you if you get a horse from the kill pen and they're not eating, and the problem with this is, is you put grain in front of a horse and they won't eat it. It doesn't matter what supplement you buy. If they're not going to eat the grain and not going to eat the supplement, the supplement can't work. So I do keep this product on hand um, in case I buy one that doesn't eat. And I give it, you know, I'll give 20 cc's in the morning, 20 cc's at night for one or two days. And generally, they'll just start eating. It That product works really fast. And since it'll get them back on their feed, now they can get that maintain, I mean that um, solution into their stomach. And it will really start to heal their stomach. So I don't know and don't have any proof that CEP gut check will heal ulcers, which is what keeps me from just feeding it, you know, or top dressing it. I kind of like it more for maintenance. I feel like the solution I have proof I've seen with my own eyes that horses healed that had ulcers using that product. So I'm a firm, firm, firm believer in it. Now, OE has another product called Maintain which is the daily version of the solution. I don't think it's necessary unless you have a horse that's just got chronic ulcer issues. Maybe if you're competing. Um, I just don't think a lot of my customers are going to need a line and maintain. I, if, if you were my customer, maybe get the, um, I, you know, I say get CEP gut check. I feel like just the quart of it is $99. <clears throat> And then I tell people, go ahead and order your maintain. And that way you have CEP gut check on hand. You can give it as soon as they get off the trailer. Um, You can go ahead and get their stomach, get it in their stomach and get them on grain, get them eating good. Uh, And then the OE solution is going to go ahead and heal their stomach, which is such a good product. Um, I do give... Uh, CEP gut check when I worm. I give it like in the morning and then uh, like let's say I'm going to worm today. I'll give CEP gut check like early and then a couple hours later I'll give the wormer and that way I feel like it kind of coats the stomach and um, can kind of coat everything in there and that way when you give wormer it'll really just get to the worms and not upset their stomach. So that's just something I do that I feel like really does work. Um, A lot of times if I've wormed today, I'll go ahead and give the gut check again tomorrow. So I really like that CEP gut check. Really love it. Like I said, I buy the gallon. So I must believe in it because it's $299. Uh, But I was paying $99 per quart and there's four quarts in a gallon or I think they're quarts. Maybe it's a liter whatever size it is. There's four of those in a gallon. So at $299, it's basically buy three, get one free. So that's why I buy the gallon. If you did not want to spend the money, the $99 to get the um, CEP gut check, there is a paste called MVP Gastroplex. I think it's eight to $12 a tube, if I'm not mistaken. And I've told customers of mine before, go ahead and buy the solution so that you can treat this horse's stomach and fix it, but go ahead and have two to three tubes of something for ulcers on hand so in case they arrive at home 
and their stomach is so bad that they don't want to eat upon arrival, you have something on hand to coat their stomach to go ahead and get them on feed so you can get the treatment that's going to heal their stomach into them. So if you don't want to spend the $99 on CEP gut check because I don't have a coupon for it, I don't even really know anybody but Tammy Miller, that's who I order mine from, that sells it. Um, if anybody knows the people that own that company, reach out to them. I would love to have a coupon code for all of my customers because I would love for all of my customers to keep CEP Gut Check on hand. It's also a great product that as winter comes and then as spring comes and the bariatric change happens to give a couple of days during those changes to keep your horse drinking, to keep your horse eating, to prevent colic. So I like that product. But if you don't want to spend the $99, MVP um, does have uh, the Gastroplex. I don't really love the Gastroplex pellets. I've, I've tried that. I've gone down that road with several horses. Charlie and I had Jelly Bean on it and Sparky and a couple of others because she had heard good things about it. So we went ahead and I told her, I've already, I've already fed these products. I did exceed six-way for a long time. I really didn't feel like... I saw the results, um, but Charlie was like, no, I've heard great things. So we went ahead and tried the gastroplex pellets. I did not like them. I didn't feel like they worked better than OE, the solution, just between you guys and myself, as my customers, as my tribe, I want to be honest. I don't want to put the MVP products down because I do feel like their gastroplex paste is a good paste. I do feel like it can help get your horse back on feed. Um, which is a great thing, you know, that's sometimes what you need when you get them back on feed, you can get the solution into them. So I keep the solution on hand. I keep, um, CEP gut check on hand. I keep lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of paste, all kinds of paste. I keep hydro, which is a CEP product. I keep nitro, which is a OE paste. I keep, um, just several. I keep I'll take a picture and you guys will laugh. I keep a couple of oxygen paste. I don't use them religiously, but I keep them because you never know when you're going to need them. Uh, so CEP Gut Check, um, OE Nutraceuticals, the solution, OE Nutraceuticals Align. That's the product that's kind of for overall wellness. Um, I, I do feed it year-round to my horses. And then if you guys have an older horse that has arthritis, I know of a product called Game Changer Plus. It has HA, um, hyaluronic acid, and it's got several products in it that are natural anti-inflammatories. And I have had some older horses come through the kill pen that clients have purchased. And we went ahead and started their supplements in private care before they were transported. And I was not, I was going to say I, I was not a fan, but I just didn't use Game Changer Plus. And I had a customer say, hey, when I was on the OE website looking at the products, what about this for my horse? And I told her, I, you know, I've never really used it. And she was like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and order it. Will you feed it? And I said, no problem. Um, we, can, we can feed it also. No problem. She had already ordered the solution, which is something I do use. But I just hadn't used that product, Game Changer Plus, to really, um, like, at that point, I hadn't used it enough to tell people to buy it. 
Well, she ordered it. And I'm going to tell you that this horse, we saw such a difference in about five days that he was running around the pin with his tail up. And this is a horse that was a little bit lame. I mean, he was pretty arthritic. He was an older kid's horse that was going for a child and he had been a child's horse and he was late teens, um, knocking on 20 and he was pretty arthritic. And I'm telling you that I was shocked. I mean, I even asked Gina, I was like, did you do anything out? Like, is this, she was like, no, she was like, he's just been on the solution. And, uh, you know, we added that game changer plus. So I, I knew then like, okay, it worked for him. Well, fast forward, another horse came in and same thing. I, uh, he was a little bit arthritic and I told that lady, another client of mine ordered that product and we really thought it it worked. And she said, I'm going to go ahead and order it for mine. And I'm going to tell you that that horse, it only took three days and that horse was moving so much better. He was actually going to stay because we were going to try to get him a little bit of weight put on him and then get him to where he could get to a vet maybe for injections. He had, um, just a little bit of front feet issues. And I'm telling you, this horse was moving so good in three days of being fed game changer plus that we went ahead and found him transportation and that lady keeps in touch and she's never had to inject his front feet and he's not on Prevacox or any kind of daily um, anti-inflammatory. He just gets OE Align once a day and then he gets the Game Changer Plus. So that product, I feel like it, it might not be for everyone's horse, but it is for those horses that need some anti-inflammatories especially in the winter. It's a great product. So as far, Jessica, as far as supplements, there you go. That's, that's kind of what I use. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in my trailer. I don't, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Okay. So the next question is from, um, Mary, um, Mary Mangum. And she said, Hey Tara, I just wondering what grain you recommend and why? Okay, you guys, so this is a pretty good question. Uh, you know, a lot of horses that we get from cell barns, we have no idea what grain they were fed before. And we also have no idea if they were being grained. Some of them are really poor, which leads me to believe that they probably were not being fed much at all before um, we got them. <laughs> so I do like to start out with Safe Choice. Um, Neutrina has Safe Choice perform. I think it's uh, the safe choice bag. I think the corner of it's purple. And I will tell you that if you want me to just be honest, I don't think that safe choice is the best grain on the market. It's not what I feed my horses. It is, however, what I feed to horses that <clears throat> I don't have any history on and horses that uh, are going through a lot of change because I feel like you can start the refeeding process a little heavier, a little faster, and with a lot less worry with Safe Choice because Safe Choice is that. It's a safe choice of grain that is not going to lead to colic, mild colic or severe colic. It's um, very patable. Um, it stays moist uh, longer, so it's not going to get impacted easier. A lot of pelleted grains dry out in the hindgut. This is a feed that holds moisture and is really going to, um, really going to travel through their, their GI tract, even if they have 
a lot of worms or a lot of issues a lot easier. So I do believe in Safe Choice because of, and I like Safe Choice Perform. So I tell a lot of my customers for the first 30 days, just do Safe Choice Perform. After that, if you are going to go to a grain, I personally like Neutrina Pro Force Fuel. It's about $22 a bag, but you can feed a lot less of it. So I feed all of my horses get um, Neutrina Pro Force Fuel, and it's top dressed with a line, which is, um, and I don't feed a lot of grain. I, I used to feed um, Perina Omeline 200 because I love that. My horses love a textured feed. Um, but, you know, I switched and I like, I like Pro Force Fuel. My good horses are on it. With that being said, Pro Force Fuel is not for everybody. And Neutrina makes another feed called um, Triumph. And they make another grain called Respond. And I feel like the Triumph and Respond are both absolutely amazing options for the middle budget customer. Like if you're not wanting to spend $22 a bag, um, I, I actually get at my co-op because it's right down the road from the Neutrina mill. I get my pro force fuel for under $20. So not very many people can say that. Um, I want to say that the other two feeds are around $13 and $16. I want to say the triumph is maybe 13 and some change maybe respond to 16 and some change, but don't quote me on that because I know nationwide the prices vary. And what makes the feed that price for me is that I feed feed that is literally only, that is milled only like five miles from my feed store and they don't have any nationwide freight on that feed. Um, What makes me feed a name brand feed like Neutrina and not a co-op feed is this. If you guys ever want to go on the road for any reason and or you want to go out of town and leave your horse at home, you can get Neutrina anywhere. So let's say that you guys decide that you're going to go compete or that you're you're going to be on the road and um, you want to go trail ride and you're going to go venture off. If you happen to run out of grain or if something happens and your grain gets spilled or ruined or wet, you can find Neutrina products anywhere nationwide and they're very, very similar. Um, So that's a huge plus. But a big thing for me with Neutrina is let's say you go out of town and you're on vacation and you end up wanting to stay an extra day and you're like, fuck, fuck. I, you know, I really can't because... You know, we just don't even have enough grain to make it to Wednesday. And Kathy, who's feeding for us, doesn't know how to, you know, go pick up feed from this, you know, feed place. They can run into Tractor Supply, and Tractor Supply carries pretty much all Neutrina products. So, if you have an emergency, you know, with us, I'm going to be really honest. Um, When Gary had his stroke, uh, we forgot to call the feed store. And by the time I called the feed store... Jacob, who runs Bayou Roberts, is absolutely amazing. Hands down, the most amazing people we've ever done business with. Shout out to Bayou Roberts. Jacob McCoy is like a lifesaver. I called him and he was like, oh gosh, you know what? We're like, I don't even have a driver here. He's like, but I will bring feed all the way to Pitkin in the morning. And I'm like, Jacob, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But that night... We only had like two bags of grain and it takes five or six to feed. 
Gina was able to run to Tractor Supply and pick up, I think she picked up like four bags of feed and she was able to feed that night. And then Bayou Roberts delivered like um, two tons of feed the next morning because Jacob is so phenomenal. He just basically did our order times two so that nobody had to worry about um, like stopping. I mean, he was just, gosh, I... It was the same when Michelle had her heart attack, kind of the same thing. Um, She's who goes and gets feed. So when she had a heart attack and was in the hospital for like five or six days, it was like on day three, Gina called and said, "Um, hey, I'm going to need feed tomorrow. I can feed tonight and then the morning. And I said, oh gosh, you know, I've got Tinley and I'm doing this and Jacob's got a cell. I called Bayou Roberts and Jacob made a special delivery the following day with all of our feed. So if you guys live in Louisiana or you pass through Louisiana, they're in LeCount. Make sure that you drop in there and give them a high five because I absolutely could not ask for kinder, just, I mean, just the most thoughtful people, just so thoughtful and they're so kind. So and that's by Roberts in LeCount, Louisiana. And, uh, man, I just can't say enough good things about them. But I'm a big Neutrina fan just for the convenience. Purina is also a, a brand that's nationwide. I just don't have any Purina products that I love. I do, however, love the Neutrina products. So that's, that. there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, the Triumph, the Pro Force Fuel and the Respond are all great grains. I don't feed Safe Choice to everything. I don't leave them on it, but I do feed Safe Choice to everything the first 30 days I own them if I don't know their history. If they came from the kill pen or a cell barn, they're getting Safe Choice for sure. That way I can prevent colic. Um, So let's see what other questions I have that I maybe can answer for you guys real quick while I'm on here. Okay, um, Stephanie Shaw said, uh, when you buy a horse from the kill pen, how long do you wait to worm it or do you worm it right away? Okay, this is actually a really great great question and it's kind of a loaded question because there's not a right answer for this. Um, I generally, I generally bring a horse home from the kill pen And I start refeeding them just a little bit before I bother to worm because I feel like if I worm them first, it can be too much. So I start to re-refeed them. About day 10, um, if I'm, if I feel like they're ready, I, I worm. So I almost always Panicure Power Pack, um... I can't think of a time or a horse that I didn't Panicure Power Pack as my first wormer back. So it is a very aggressive wormer. Yes, I want to be aggressive with worms. Absolutely. Something I have been trying lately is that from the moment I get them, putting them on an herbal wormer by a company called Silver Lining Herbs. I don't know, honestly, um, how I feel about it because I don't know anything about it. It's, it's for 10 days. You feed the wormer for 10 days. So I have been using that and I've been doing the silver lining herbal wormer and I'll let you guys know, like I said, that's something kind of new that I just started. I did a set of horses, 
Um, I just ordered another big, big, big bag of it to do a couple more horses. So I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm, I think that it's a good way to naturally thin out the worm load to prevent worming complications. And what I was told in that instance is you're going to do that silver lining herb natural warmer for 10 days and then you'll wait 20 days. So it'll be day 30. Then you can go ahead and panic your power pack. I always follow up with Equimax or um, even like, um, what's it called? Something Gold Plus, uh, Quest Gold Plus, I think is what it's called. I follow up 14 days after my Panicure Power Pack with something that also does tapeworms and bots. So right now my worming protocol for everything that's coming in is 10 days on the Silver Lining Herbs Herbal Wormer wait 20 days, panic your power pack. If a horse is in quarantine with me, I'm just going to do the silver lining herb wormer here. And then once they get home, their new home can worry about the actual paste part of it. Uh, so most horses aren't in quarantine with us longer than 30 days anyway. They're, you know, anywhere from 21 to 30 days. So at that point, um, once they get home, I always recommend to panic your power pack I tell people to wait, though. Get them on the solution for about five days and get their stomach right. And then go ahead and add in, um, you know, the warmer. So, Panicure Power Pack um, or Safeguard. You know, they have a Safeguard Power Pack type thing that you can buy. And then 14 days after your Power Pack, follow up with Equimax, um, Quest Gold Plus. That's what it's called. Or something that is for bots and for, um, tapeworms. So I worm extremely heavy. Obviously I'm going to do herbal warmer, power pack and a, you know, Equimax warmer, you know, all within basically the first month and a half that I own a horse. After that, I might not warm a horse again for a year because I feel like once a horse is healthy, if you've gotten their stomach and their worms, under control, you can back off. I do worm for bots every year because we live in Louisiana, but um, a horse has to show me a sign of being wormy for me to be aggressive with worms after I originally purchased them. So I'm not a, a person that worms heavy on my personal horses, but I do worm extremely heavy when I first purchase them to get all of their worms under control because most horses that have gone through the kill pen, their immune system is shit. They have been exposed to everything. Their body is just weak and they do get a little bit of an overload of worm. And it takes a while for those horses to look better if you're not aggressive with worming. So I hope that that answers that. Okay. So Candy says, what bit do you use? And I've seen you talk about your girts. Can you please explain? Okay, so we use a bit on every single horse in the kill pen called a WTP bit. That stands for winning tongue plate. It is as big around as your thumb, maybe a little bigger, smooth mouthpiece. It has kind of a medium shank, um, kind of like a working cow horse type shank. But it's a medium shank, shank bit, smooth, very thick mouthpiece. And it's got a piece in the center that stops the bit from ever breaking. So it's 
kind of between a mullen and a three-piece. And that sounds so bizarre, but unless you've ever touched one and got it in your hands, it makes no sense. But that plate in the center has also holds the bit on the horse's tongue, stops them from having pallet pressure, and it also relieves a lot of the curb pressure. Um, I do not use the extended plate, which is for horses that displace their soft palate. I do not use that bit. I use a normal plate, no plate. Uh, it's called normal plate, not the extended plate. So a WTP Western NP. So that's winning tongue plate, Western um, normal plate bit. Um, I almost always use a leather curb chain, really, really loose. Um, and I love it. I love that bit. I feel like a horse can have bad teeth and that bit prevents um, the shanks from ever or the mouthpiece from ever collapsing enough that the shanks can close in on the sides of the face so it never really bothers a horse that has bad teeth and we buy lots and lots of horses that need their teeth floated so that bit is a game changer hands down and I can't tell you how many of my customers have had to order them because they got their horse home and it was tossing its head or just doing something so bizarre it didn't do in the videos with us and that bit as soon as they bought it they were like holy shit this bit made all the difference in the world. And I'm like, yep, it's why I use it because it's like a secret weapon. So the girts that I use are by a company called Letta, which is L-E-T-T-I-A, I think is maybe how Letta is probably how you pronounce it. They're called the Cool Max Western Cinch. Um, they have memory foam and they also have cooling memory foam so that it never gets too hot between your girt and your horse. So it prevents um, girt sores and it also prevents... Um, it from getting hot and causing fungus. These girts are a Western girt, but on both sides, it has elastic, like an English girt. So I've bought some horses before that were cinchy and it absolutely fixes that problem. So if you ever buy a horse from us, I recommend that girt because that's what we used. And I really feel like it stops horses from ever being cold back. It stops cinchiness. It just gives the horse a much more comfortable experience under saddle. So I love those girts. I love them. I love them. I buy mine at State Line Tack, just so you guys know where to find them. Um, see, my phone always rings. Always. All right, you guys. So my phone rang. Let me, let me turn mine. I'm watching the, the cell. Let me, let me put it on silent. Okay, there we go. I'm watching a sale on my phone. So, um, my girts, what was I saying before my phone rang? Oh, yeah, my girts come from State Line Tack. So, let's see about any other questions. Okay, this question comes from Justin Hyde. And he said, hey, Tara, can you talk to us about all the kill pins? I know that there's a lot of rumor online that some of the kill pins are not real kill pins. Some of the kill pins are, can you touch on this? No offense to you. I'm definitely not trying to push any buttons. Thanks. Okay, so that that doesn't push my buttons. Um, I feel like on social media, there's lots and lots of people who have an opinion, but they've never one day in their life had anything to do with a kill pin. So I always tell people, how can somebody be the authority of something or have an opinion or talk about it if they don't know? If they don't know. I mean, if you don't actively work in the kill horse industry, how do you have a clue? How do you have any kind of a clue at all whatsoever? Um, what I can tell you is, is that um, 
the Stanley brothers do ship horses to slaughter. They have split up Mitch and Greg. So as far as I know, they have completely separate businesses. Um, people ask all the time if we have anything to do with them because they have the Bastrop, Louisiana pin and we do not. We have nothing to do with them. We are competitors and we are not friends. So that's fine. Um, I don't care for them. And I won't do business with them. And I tell people all the time, if you're going to buy from Bastrop or Fountain Hill or you're going to support the Stanleys, I don't want your business. I don't need business bad enough to deal with people that um, would deal with them. Boots and Greg are no good to me because Boots helped cut that dog's throat. And I, at the end of the day, am not an animal activist or a tree hugger, but I sure as Fuck, I'm not going to let people just openly abuse animals, especially dogs, around me or in front of me. So just remember every time that you've bought a horse from Bastrop or you've bought a horse from Fountain Hill or whatever else, they've um, saving horses, healthy horses, needing homes or whatever the bullshit is. No kill pen horse is guaranteed healthy. So that to me is the first flag that they are pulling wool over your eyes when that's the name of their page or whatever. Um you know what? If you support those people, go support them, but stay away from me. I don't have any use for people that support people like that. And then, you know, Jacob and I went to a cell here in Louisiana and Mitch and came and got in Jacob's face and tried to tell him that, you know, he needed to back off, you know, that he buys all the horses around here or whatever. And, um, I stepped between them and I said, you know, go fuck yourself. And, he kind of said, like, I needed to know my place, and he ended up um, punching me, and everybody can probably remember he broke my nose, and um, people will tell you, yeah, but, you know, you hit him back, and I'm like, I'm a woman. I should have hit him back. In fact, no man should ever lay hands on a woman, period. So, I don't care for the Stanleys, and if you support them, like, good for you. Go do that, but stay away from me. Stay away from my business. Don't buy from me. Don't listen to my podcast. Don't ask me for my advice. Um, I don't care for Bridget that runs, um, the pin out there in the Carolinas. I don't care for her. I don't, I know for a fact that they're not a, a real kill pin. I know that if their horses don't, um, sell, they run them back through cells and then they might end up, you know, in a, in a kill buyer's hand. And I've told people, here's the deal. Anytime horses are owned even by a broker like that there's a chance they can end up at slaughter if they don't sell so I'm not going to sit here and be like oh they're not a real kill pin oh those horses aren't really in danger because at the end of the day even like Emily McKinney she owns Lone Star Kill Pin she has no way in the world to ship horses to slaughter she's going to auctions buying horses taking them to her house advertising them um if they sell you know you guys buy them if if they don't sell she takes them back to auctions and people have said to me, well, isn't that a scam? And I'm like, well, you know, at the end of the day, yes, she is presenting herself as having kill buyer owned horses, which I know for a fact that most of the horses she does own. She has sold some for Jacob. She sold some for Bowie. She used to deal with Kaufman. She doesn't anymore. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, if those horses don't sell, are they going directly to slaughter? No they're not. So now are they going to go to a sell and maybe a kill buyer will, a different person will buy them there that is a kill buyer and going to ship them? Yes. So like our horses, I tell people all the time, 
we just work with Mr. Cantu when he needs horses. So Jacob makes cow cells. 90% of the horses that we end up with are horses that were ran through cow cells. Um, the other 10% are horses that probably came from a big, like a big cell on the loose. And we just keep horses on feed. And then when the plant is um, needing horses, they'll call. And the reason I like it is because we get more money for our horses that way. Um, and anytime, you know, the value of horses is up, it helps the whole industry. If you watch sales right now, the average horses are selling for way more, way more than what they used to. Hang on, let me see what, what's selling right now and what it's bringing. So like right now I'm watching a sell. You know, and just the last horse brought 975, this one brought 1050. And that's for horses that five years ago would have brought 250 or $300. So it's a great thing because it's going to protect the bottom of the market. Not only are people getting more for their horses, but these horses, not they're worth more. And the average person who really can't afford to own a horse can't afford to obtain one. Meaning you used to be able to take your paycheck and go to the cell barn and buy one or two horses. Now you have to save up a couple of paychecks to go to the cell barn and buy a horse. And I think that that's a great thing because it prevents horses from ending up in the hands of people who can't afford them and they're buying a horse on impulse. So I like it. I think it protects the horses. But if you listen to my last podcast about abortion and things like that, you know that I really look into things. I don't just say that's a scam or that's this way or that's this way. I actually look into things deep enough that I see all sides of them. Like I see that, you know, if Bridget's horses don't sell or if Lone, you know, she, I think she has Tar Heel. If Lone Star Kilbin's horses, which are Emily's, don't sell, um, they are probably going to go to a sale and actually be bought by a real kill buyer. And then the horses are in danger. So do I feel like they're a scam? You know, I like, yeah, I mean, I feel like they shouldn't represent themselves as like kill buyer owned, things like that. But in the same breath, like if a horse's life gets saved and it gets a great home, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever, you know, I'm whatever at that point. I'm like, okay, I feel like, I hope that makes sense. Like, ugh. I personally like the job I do. One thing that I don't like and I, I really wish would stop, I wish that people would stop buying horses off of photographs. If the horses are not at least led around, you have no idea if it's even halter broke or if it's even sound. It might actually have something very wrong with it. I think if they're, you know, if the horse is like a broodmare or a young horse, it should at least be led around so that you can at least see that the horse is sound. Um, with that being said, if the horse is advertised as broke, you bet your ass I think they should ride it. I don't think under any circumstances should a horse be advertised as broke if, as a broke horse if they're not willing to put a video of themselves on that horse up. And that's just my philosophy. I put my money where my mouth is and every horse that I advertise to you guys as broke, um, I do my very best to show you the horse in its truest form 
so that you know it's broke. You watch the video. You have a baseline of what that horse is like with somebody with a little experience. So I do feel like that needs to stop. So what my opinion is on all of the different Facebook kill pins is I feel like there's lots and lots of them popping up. But it's been that way. It's been that way since um, I, I actually started this first. People have asked me if I'm upset or if I... And I'm like, no. Anytime that you do something and you make money at it, people are going to copy you. And I'm not upset about it because they still don't do a better job than me. They have... It's been what? Uh, my first horse was advertised in October of 2012 in the front yard of our house in Carthage, Texas was the first horse I advertised from the kill pen. And it was actually a horse that the Thompsons had bought when they were still buying for the Stanleys. And that was a long time ago. And that was before, um, you know, Jacob had worked something out with the plant himself. That was a long time ago. And at the end of the day, I, I created something that has saved God, I mean, how many horses have probably been saved off of Facebook in the last, you know, eight years? Think about that. In eight years, how many horses have been saved from slaughter thanks to Facebook? And before, people didn't have the balls to say this is a kill pen owned horse. People didn't have the balls to do that. That was when I was still breaking racehorses for a living and still running barrels. I mean, then I trained racehorses and at the end of the day, come on, you guys. I mean, let's be honest. I was training racehorses and getting done at the race barn and going out to a little place I leased and riding through horses, slaughter type horses and slaughter bound horses to save them. This is something I have a passion for. I feel like the horses deserve a home, but at the end of the day, I feel like if you're going to save a horse, I would like for it to be saved. You know, I, I like Toots Baker from Stroud. I feel like they're good people. I see people all the time talk about George and his criminal record. And I'm like, well, I see people talk about Jacob and his criminal record all the time too. And at the end of the day, Toots is a good person. And her son Garrett is a good kid. He's very respectful. And he's a hell of a freaking hand on a horse. Like, bravo to him. Bravo to her for raising such a good, strong young man. Like, you go, Toots. Go on with your bad self, Adina Baker. Like, that's how I feel. But I'm a girl's girl. And one thing that I will tell you guys, and this is the end of his question and off to a new topic. I am a girl's girl. I support women. Like I hope that as you listen to my podcast, pro slaughter, anti slaughter, whatever, you realize that I am a woman that does something that is very much so in a man's world. I'm trying my very best. I have learned a lot. I have failed, absolutely fallen on my face and failed at this. I have seen things that I'm not proud to see. I have said things I have not been proud to say, but I have done the best by the horses at my hands. Um, You know, there have been things that have happened that were unpreventable. There have been things that have happened that maybe were preventable, but for me, I had not done this long enough and been exposed to all aspects of it enough to know that that would even happen. It's kind of like you don't know what you don't know till you know it. (laughs) And then you just do the best that you can. And then when you um, know better, you do better. That's my philosophy. Like when you know better, you do better. And I hope that from here forward, you women will support me 
and stand by me and share my horses and always know that I'm going to do the very best that I can. And if I'm not doing the very best that I can, um, you can inbox me and I will have a conversation with you. I'm not going to block you. And you may be met with some resistance just because I, there are days I'm stressed out. There are days that I have had enough of the public or I've had enough of animal activists or whatever. And I can be a little bit, um, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but I can be just a little bit short. But if you will talk to me, I will do the best that I can by the horses. If you see room for improvement or you see something that I'm not doing to the best of my ability or to the best of the way that you see, I'll have that conversation with you why it can't be done a different way or why, you know what, you're right. Maybe we can do things better. One thing that absolutely needed to change in my business was the customer service for people that don't understand what's going on. And you're going to be like, what do you mean they don't understand what's going on? You guys would not believe how many people I sell horses to that generally just don't know. I mean, they, they are buying from a kill pin and they don't understand that or they don't, they don't really, they don't really know. Meaning they think it's going to be like a private transaction. They think that, you know, once they buy their horse, they don't realize that I have 200 other horses standing around. They don't realize how busy we are. And that means that they don't understand why they're not getting like an every couple of day um, update or how come their horse has, I've had people say, I don't understand how come my horse arrived with mud on it. And a lot of you listening to this are going to be like, what? It's a kill pin. Yeah, but I have customers who can't understand why we wouldn't take 15 minutes to bathe that horse before we put it on the trailer. Ma'am, 30 of them got shipped this week to homes. I personally don't have anybody on staff that can just bathe horses and clean them up and get them ready to go. Like, one thing that's, that has been added is Gina. Gina handles all of the feed program, and I'm going to tell you she is such a beautiful asset to my program. I, God bless her. I just hope that you guys at night will say a prayer for Gina and just, I, she deserves good things. <laughs> She feeds everything on that place twice a day. And if anything has a scratch or hair out of place, I get a phone call immediately. I am feeding pin four and there is a Palomino in here and it has got a scratch up of its eye. And I'm telling you that that lady is worth her weight in gold because she loves those horses. She's not pro slaughter. She actually doesn't really understand why there has to be slaughter. But one thing that she is is pro the horses. So even though we're a kill pin, she comes out and she feeds because that's something that she can do that helps the quality of the life of every horse on that place. And nothing goes unfed. You know, it's been two years since people have said that horses left us thin and it's because I struggled to find competent help. Um, you know, when you have that many horses, I can't be everywhere at once. And I started getting in very serious arguments with Gary and Jacob and it was almost ruining my relationship with Jacob. It had ruined my relationship with his father that why couldn't the horses be taken care of better? And they would say, well, we, you know, we have people feeding, we have this, we have that. And I'm like, but you need to have your eyes on them. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I have a two-year-old, you know, there's no way right now that I could be out there every day looking at every horse. And if it wasn't for Gina, I don't even know what I would do. So I want you guys to know that when you look back at some of the things that happened, you know, I, I do take responsibility because I'm telling you, I can't be everywhere at once. But at the end of the day, it took me finding somebody that could be my eyes and my ears and 
to be that person when I'm not available to still have the horse's best interest because we've always had people on staff to feed. We've always had people on staff to to take care of the horses. They just didn't give a fuck. They just wanted a paycheck, which means the horses at the very back pins, you know, they might, oh fuck, I don't want to walk all the way back there today. So I'll just, I'll feed them dinner. We'll skip breakfast. But here's the deal. If you skip one meal a day, five days a week, you know, they've missed five meals. That's, that adds up in horse talk. And we finally started having to keep track for a while of how many bags we bought, how many bags it should take to feed. And when Gina started, what her and I did was I, for two days, went out breakfast and dinner and just did everything with her. And I know how many bags of feed it should take for her to feed at that point. We've had the number of horses fluctuate, but on any given day, Gina can tell you because that's what we did the first two days is we counted how many bags it took. I showed her how to fill the water buckets. I showed her how to put the peroxide in the waters. And Gina just has a routine. Gina gets there. She knows that we fill the wheelbarrow up with this type of feed and we feed these horses. She puts the peroxide in, does the tanks, comes back, changes the types of feed. She knows how many bags it takes to feed this set of horses. She does them. And it takes her about three hours in the morning and about an hour and a half at night because she doesn't have the water tanks twice a day but Gina cleans the fucking water tanks every day and it's a kill pin like come on you guys that's why we don't have strangles and all the sickness we used to have because she's keeping the water immaculate so the water source is clean you know when horses can get fresh good quality water it helps their immune system as much as anything but I just the reason I brought this whole thing up is because like I'm a fan of hers I think that she is very much so pro horse. She loves the horses. She is a friend of mine. She is, um, somebody that we consider family. My daughter loves her and she's a strong, wonderful woman. And I appreciate her. And I'm just telling you that in the world, it's important to support women, especially women that are in a man's world. And I created this kill pen rehoming thing and it was not perfect. And there were lots of learning curves and there's lots of things that kill pens don't do right. But all I can say is that for me and mine, for me and mine, everything that we do that is an issue, I step back and I take a bigger look at the picture and I decide, is this something that was a failure on my part? Was this just lack of education that this is something new Or is this just a customer that can't be satisfied? Or is this just a situation that was unavoidable? You know, horses colic. Was that colic avoidable? You know, it's like me asking you if your horse's colic was avoidable. That's not what you do. You know, you just know colic is going to happen sometimes. But if we have a horse that cut its leg on a gate that's been broke and nobody really noticed it, then we need to have a discussion with everybody and say, hey, you know, when gates break, this can be dangerous. We've got to be... Um, more diligent, you know, about being proactive to fix these gates or to let somebody know that can fix them. But if you see something, say something, you know, don't just keep walking past it until a horse gets hurt. And then I get that phone call because then I'm going to come out here and be pissed, you know? So it's just one of, one of those things we just have to. And another thing we've done is we have upgraded all of our trailers. I mean, we now have elites and four stars and platinums and Barrett's. And we have trailers. J- Jacob's trailer costs 70, 76000 his elite. He's got a 53-foot elite, and it's $76,000. And the reason that I made that investment was so that the 
horses, when they get on that trailer, I never have to worry that they're going to kick through the wall or that the floor is going to have a, a board break. Or um, I know that if even if they were to have um, a wreck, you know, let's say somebody rear-ended them, that trailer is triple reinforced. It's one of the sturdiest made trailers on the market by brand. But that trailer, when we sat down and designed it, because it's a custom, um, Elite put double like everything was double reinforced and then we reinforced on top of that. So if somebody, by theory, they told me that if somebody rear-ended that trailer going 80 miles an hour, that trailer could stop them. So it's like literally hitting a steel wall, which is awesome. I think that it probably, the I mean, the vehicle would still probably damage the back door and but they would not be able to like crush that trailer and I didn't do that because you know I don't care about the horses I did it because I feel like if I'm going to make a living off of these horses and I'm going to take some of their life to pay my bills the least I can do is respect them enough to try to do the best I can by them so then that leads me to the last question of the night and it's a question that I do want to answer I wish maybe I would have answered it first, but Greta, Greta P, um, said, let me open this, um, I don't mean any offense, but I've always wondered, why do you do this for a living? How do you sleep at night? Does the fact that horses go to slaughter bother you? So if you guys listen to my last podcast about abortion, you know how I feel and you know how I feel about death and you know that I am not afraid of death. And I feel like without slaughter, there is a lot worse that can happen. Much like I talked about how if we didn't have abortion, how I wonder if more heroin addicts would not be able to terminate their pregnancies and then turn around and sex traffic their children. You know, it's something that we don't know the answer to because currently they have a means to terminate pregnancies and not bring children that are heroin addicted into the world. Um, do I feel like abortion should be used as a means of birth control? Absolutely not. Like if you can lay down and have sex with somebody, like you're big enough to take care of a baby in my opinion, but there's just so much more to it than that. Like that's in a perfect world and we don't live in a perfect world. So then comes into play about the child who gets sex trafficked at eight years old until their genitalia is mutilated because their mother is now a monster because the drugs have fried her brain to the point that she's, I think, I think sometimes we are living in the zombie apocalypse and all of the meth and heroin addicts are the zombies because it just does horrible things to their brains. It just, I mean, they're just like walking zombies. They're just like a, yeah, anyway. So let me fast forward back to the slaughter thing. Um, So one, I wish that slaughter was opened back in the U.S. so the horses didn't have to transport as far as they do to be slaughtered. Also, so that we could have U.S. inspectors inspect the process and make sure that the quality of care for the horses is better. But I am 100% pro-slaughter. I feel like once something is dead, what is done with the carcass? I is just, it it shouldn't matter if we bury it and the worms eat it or if the carcass is rendered and 
um, dog food glue, um, gelatin, things of that nature are made with the, the bone cartilage, um, meat, hide, horsetail. Um, somebody posted one time that they just couldn't stand that the horses were bled out. The horses are dead when they're bled out. Just like a deer. Your husband shoots a deer. It's dead. Cuts its throat. Hangs it up. Bleeds it out. It's not still alive hanging their suffering. And I see a lot of misconception about that. That the horses are like throat slit and then they're hung up alive. That That is not even remotely true. I'm pro hunting. I am pro beef. I am pro rodeo. I am pro just do whatever it is that you want to do with livestock so that they have a purpose, but just do the best that you can by them. And if there is going to be suffering, just make it as minimal as possible. That's, I mean, in slaughter, there are going to be instances when the bolt gun slips. There are going to be instances where it's not perfect, but that is still a lesser evil than allowing something long-term suffering. Um, we have lots of horses born with genetic, genetic conditions that don't need to be passed around because of things like HERDA, things like um, HYPP, PSSM. Um, there's just lots of things that are, that are bad. There's lots of horses that are not genetically tested. They just are suffering and they lose weight and they have what they call phantom lamenesses where they're lame in different areas. A lot of times we find those horses to be PSSM. Um, a lot of thoroughbreds and a lot of warm bloods have come in that we've sent hair to a lab that has asked us. There's two labs that when we get certain breeds of horses, I have kits on hand and they've asked us if we would please, please, please submit hair along with a photo of the horse and a detail of what I feel like are um, its breed. And um, they want like up to 200 hairs at the follicle so that they can not only genetically test what the horse's origins and breed might be, but also to test for genetic mutations um, like different variants of PSSM. So I do that and I don't do it because I'm a monster. I do it because I feel like the more that these labs can understand genetic issues in horses, the quicker we can start to eliminate and um, get rid of those. Horses with HYPP have come through that have had um, like seizure-like weird strokey type activity and then they come in and they're like just super cripple in their joints it's very bizarre like what a hypp horse that's had massive attacks is like post attack when they didn't get better and then they weren't euthanized and now they're somebody else's problem you know so i just feel like they shouldn't be allowed to breed hypp horses at all like i know some of them are in in but there's lots and lots of them that are HN or NH or whatever. And so there's still a potential that they're a carrier. And I just, I don't know why you would even take that chance knowing the amount of suffering. I don't know a lot about HERDA. Um, we had a horse come in one time that had scars all over its back. It had some, you know, one of those quarter horse genetic conditions to where it's like, it's, skin would like almost melt and then like rip and it was 
atrocious and I remember thinking like this is why we need more genetic testing so that we're not breeding these complications further and I cannot remember if that was HERDA or not I know there's five panel and it's HYPP, PSSM, HERDA but I can't remember the other two I mean I know somebody on here is gonna in your mind be like it's this and this because you're just gonna know boom boom totally above my pay grade totally not my specialty but and I don't know if it's HERDA or not that is the skin one where the skin was like melting. Um, but again, it was a quarter horse and it was one of the, that, that was one of the things that's on the five panel test because that's what they said was that it had tested, um, it had tested positive for that, but they thought it was just a carrier. So they went ahead and tried to like get it broke under saddle, like to start it under saddle. And that's when it got like a saddle sore and then the saddle sore wouldn't heal. And then it got um, like a bigger hole. And then the skin, I mean, it almost looked like the skin was melting, you know, like the whole hide was like shifting and melting like ripples. Um, we've seen draft horses with shivers lots and lots I had a draft that um you guys helped me you guys fundraised and paid the lot and I got to keep him his name was Joker and he lived probably six months at the lot um and he had shivers terrible I mean he um had multiple shivers attacks while I owned him and we had to do a lot for his diet and he actually um just just died we don't really know what happened like I went out one day and he just was dead and I had two big Belgians also that um a lady named Jimmy had bailed and Robin and I had kind of turned them out and Robin had talked to her and they got to live their days out in the pasture and I absolutely loved both of those big draft horses and both of them also had shivers which just sucks I mean it's just one of those things that um until you've seen it, you're like, man, you know, shivers is just a, just a genetic complication. So, um, now they're looking into some of the Belgians that have milk leg to see if that's, cause it's not like cellulitis to see if it's a genetic condition. So the last couple of horses that I've sent hair into that lab have been on Belgian draft horses that came in with a milk leg and they're trying to find genetic components that might, um, prove that milk leg is a hereditary thing and like it's a lymphatic hereditary something something again total above my pay raise so um I am definitely pro slaughter I sleep just fine at night I do not um you know I I don't deer hunt but if I needed to feed my family I would I could shoot a deer and um skin it and everything else in order to feed my family so just make it clear I by nobody's standards am anti um kill animals like I I don't feel like killing them senselessly is okay I don't feel like abuse is okay but I do feel like we need to stop being so soft I mean when somebody told me that they had implemented breakaway roping into the NFR because they're potentially going to phase out calf roping um, much like they did the steer tripping I was heartbroken for calf ropers because it is a tradition and it's something that I don't see a lot of problem in 
we have had to tie down lots and lots and lots of cows and then people will say well that's different you're working cows you know you you know you have to like we had a cow get out and we had to rope her and tie her and then we put her on the back of a trailer and toted her home you know and um branding calves things like that you know you you rope them and you tie them and it's part of it and they're like yeah but they're just doing it for sport and I'm like well I don't know I I just still I'm very heartbroken for people in rodeo to think that they are doing breakaway roping to phase out calf roping eventually that's just that's that's sad (laughs) is what that is that's extremely sad so we've talked about kill pins on Facebook um we've talked about supplements. We've talked about my GERTs, my favorite bits. Now I'm going to tell you that aside from the WTP bit, which is what we use on everything, JD Morrow makes my bits for my barrel horses. I don't really have very many horses that run barrels or compete in a WTP bit. I had one mare, um, Izzy, that really did wonderful in them. Other than her, I didn't, I haven't had many. So I feel like they're a great bit for trail riding horses, a great bit for starting horses. They're a great entry level bit. But if I'm going to have a bit made, just so you guys know, I do love JD Morrow. I think he makes phenomenal quality bits and he makes custom bits. So you kind of have to know what you want when you approach him. But if you kind of have an idea of what you want, um, JD Bits is by far my, my favorite, favorite bit place. I love OE Nutraceuticals. If you guys want to place an order of OE Nutraceuticals, just um, give me a message. You can, um, I think the way that it works is you just pay through Venmo and then she places your order and it'll just come in the mail, no problem. But it's free shipping if you do it that way. If you order on the website, the shipping is not free. The shipping is actually kind of expensive. So make sure that you inbox me so that I can get you over to somebody to order for you to get you free shipping. Also, um, again, I'm very much so pro slaughter. It is tough though. This is something I want for you guys to know from me to you. There have been horses in my life that have come in that are wonderful horses and I prayed about it a lot. And this is something that this is where this podcast, this is where I'm going to end it is on this, this part of it, because the question was asked, how do I sleep with myself at night? I actually meditate a lot. Um, I had a panic attack a couple of years ago and had another one. And finally, I found that meditation is a really good place for me. Um, Some of my panic attacks, though, I think were... I've only ever had two. The first one I had, I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, And it was not very long after we moved here. And it was just awful. (laughs) And, uh, some of that's probably from, I talked in my last podcast at the end of my last podcast at the end, there was a bonus episode and I talked in it about, um, like undiagnosed mental health. I have, um, undiagnosed, I lived with undiagnosed ADHD or ADD for a very long time. And stimulation was something that, you know, I, I sometimes would react in ways to create a spark because I was seeking stimulation and I didn't know it and it's um, just not a healthy behavior so um, anyway 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 in that podcast I talked about that so 
make sure you do go back and listen to it because it's a good podcast, but it's the bonus half of that one. But I feel like meditation has helped me more than anything. And I spent a great deal of time coming to terms with the fact that I couldn't save all of the horses from going to slaughter because in the beginning it bothered me. My dad trains racehorses. I worked for a very long time for Hartment and Sabina and they were wonderful people and they very much so respected horses and taught me a lot and I feel like it took a long time for me to understand but when I finally came to the conclusion that I was pro-slaughter didn't have anything to do with anybody else's opinion or with money it was the fact that so many horses suffer in the United States because there is not slaughter here and there needs to be there needs to be slaughter here but horses unlike dogs and cats cannot be owned by just everyone you can't take a horse to your apartment and keep it you know you but you can a small dog and I started to realize that we have a child problem we have a dog problem and we have a horse problem so if we can't even get the government to um fix the problem that we have with children and foster care and an overabundance of children, how do we expect for them to fix any issues that we have with livestock? And if horses can be slaughtered and the carcasses can be used in a way that that they're respected, I feel like it's a very respectful thing when a horse dies to utilize their carcass. It's something out of respect so that they didn't die in vain. They didn't die for no reason. And so I'm kind of the opposite. When people just put a horse to sleep, I don't understand that. Like if you love it and you want to bury it for sentimental reasons on your property, fine. But if there's not a lot of sentimental attachment there, I feel like it's, it would be like killing deer and not using the carcass. Like saying, well, you know, that deer... Um, we had kind of overpopulation, so I killed it. But it's so disrespectful to kill that deer and not to utilize its carcass and not to make it a viable thing. So all horses are going to die. 100% of the horses that you currently own are going to die. Now, whether it be tomorrow or 25 years from now, we don't know. But I just feel like unless you love it and you're going to own it forever, I feel like and you're going to bury it at your house so that you can have a, like a memorial to that horse. I feel like it going to slaughter is hands down better like than it going to the cell barn. And I had a man bring me two horses one time, two older paints. And they were really old, like almost 30. And my heart was just broken. And I was in my car crying when he left because he just wanted him to go to slaughter. And they both had gotten arthritic and the one's teeth had fallen out and they were getting kind of poor. And I told him, let me send them to a rescue. Let me this. And he said, absolutely not. He said, I want for their carcass to go on to be viable. He said, I do not want for them to die and be buried in vain. He said, I don't have the money or the place to bury them. I don't have the money to do anything further for them. He said, I want them to go to slaughter and I want their carcasses to be used. I want their meat to be utilized. I want for them to still have one last purpose. And then he went on to tell me about his time in the war and, you know, just, just a very different mindset. And 
I've thought on that a lot. It's been a long time ago and I've put a lot of thought into that. And I do, I agree with it. I think that any time that their carcass can be viable, it's better than allowing the worms to eat it. And I feel like slaughter is a better alternative than to long-term suffering. So we as a whole need to make it to where slaughter is available in the United States for horses because we cannot be irrational and believe that if we pass the SAFE Act that no horse will suffer again. In fact, I just believe that there will be even more suffering. I feel like if we stop abortion, more meth addicts will sex traffic their children. I feel like if we stop um, slaughter, I feel like more horses will be abandoned, more horses will be starved, more horses will end up with no purpose. The market will be very, 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 very low. Anybody will be able to obtain a horse. People who can't afford them will be able to obtain them and they'll end up in situations to where people cannot afford to take care of them and they will suffer. And again, short-term suffering is just a better alternative than long-term suffering. So I hope that that answers your questions. No, it's not always easy. There have been lots and lots of horses that I can still remember the way that they looked at me. I can remember their names. Um, I can remember how I felt when we shut the door on the trailer. I can remember thinking that that sucked. I can remember thinking that I wish that they could all find homes. I wish that we lived in a perfect world, but at the end of the day, I'd rather them go to slaughter, their carcasses be viable, than be used and to honor them in that way so that they are respected. Their carcasses are honored. They go on to have a viable purpose. They have some dignity to the end, knowing that they were worth something that they were not thrown away. And so when I see people say, well, they're thrown away to the kill pen. No, thrown away are people that um, back up out to a field and dump horses to the point that they starve to death. So I would rather respect them enough to give them a viable purpose and to know that they're honored, that their carcass, their meat, their bones, everything was utilized. And um, that's just how I feel about it. And I hope that some of you guys will look at it from a little different light. It's just like a deer. I mean, when you, when you shoot that deer, you honor it by using its carcass, by the mount on the wall to the deer chili that you make. You honored that deer. And you made sure that there wasn't an overpopulation problem. And people can say all that they want about, oh, well, we should control breeding. We should this, we should that. We can't even get a control on the BLM. And I don't mean Black Lives Matter. I mean the Bureau of Land Management and the Mustangs. So we have way bigger other things going on besides just controlling the breeding and population of performance horses. Calm down, Karens. Like, that's far-fetched and it's really not going to help because at the end of the day there are people all over the world that want to eat horse over other meats and if you don't believe me just look in Florida because the Cubans are stealing people's horses and killing them in their backyards for the meat and it's not okay if we had slaughter available here and meat available here they could go to the supermarket and buy horse and they would stop killing horses in your backyard no I say that but a thief's a thief it probably would not happen as often. I love you guys. I hope that you got a little more insight to my heart, to who I am, to how I feel. I hope that our tribe continues to grow. I hope that you do support me and that you'll have these discussions with me. I hope that you guys know that these questions don't offend me. I completely understand that as people that don't 
slaughter horses or that don't work in the kill horse industry, you don't know the answers to these things. And I understand you're not trying to offend me. You're just trying to get a better idea, especially if you're going to be part of my tribe and follow me and listen to my podcast. And I feel like that's a great thing. I mean, you don't know what you don't know, and it's better to ask than assume. So I absolutely love you guys. Thank you guys so much for your support. I'm sorry to end it on a somber note with, you know, how do I sleep at night? But I sleep really good. Naked, fan on, air purifier going. It's nice. It's nice. And again, I'll say it one last time. I'd rather honor these horses and allow their carcasses to be viable so that they're They are honored so that their spirit is honored so that people can utilize them as a whole than to just um, have them starve to death in people's pastures. So I hope that makes sense and I will talk to you all soon. Bye.